right, what is going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, and we are back. Absolutely excited. Very, very pumped. I hope you guys had a chance to join us on Waypoint Wednesdays. we got another one coming up this week. Uh, so we had uh, last week, very first Waypoint Wednesdays was on and ready. And uh, catch that guys on the YouTube channel. You definitely want to check that out. We had a chance to talk to Dave Pearson and Kyle McCoy, American Rally Originals, and talking about their project for the Dakar Rally. So definitely want to jump over to the YouTube channel and check that out. But that was then. This is now. We're going to be talking some more Rally Raid stuff today. We've got a rally calendar for you guys on today's episode, and then we've also got some special guests. We've got Ace and Keith uh, working with High Desert Adventures, talking a little bit about uh, the upcoming rally here in North America. So let's get right, right, right into it. You guys like that Sunday, Sunday, Sunday effect. Maybe one of these days I'll get that like reverb thing or whatever. But let, yeah, let's talk a little bit about it and talk more rally stuff. So while we wait for them to jump in, I'll do a quick intro. Uh, let's talk rally calendar. So we got a lot of stuff coming up. Dakar rally officially over. It is now time for our North American rallies uh, to take over and and get that limelight going. So uh, here we go. This is what we've got going on right now. Uh, first rally up for this year going to be the Sonora Rally, March 14th through 18th. Uh, that is going to be held out over on the uh, mainland side of Mexico, Sonora Rally, obviously. Uh, although the route and some of the stuff hasn't been announced, and I know that entries are still on hold, it's like this big wave just ready to get in there. So I've talked to a few people already about it, and there are a lot of people that are already interested, like, like come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, so I have a feeling we're going to have some news soon. We'll have some open entries soon and we'll be able to get out there. Uh, but yeah, Sonora Rally, definitely a great event. Uh, I was able to finally attend the full event uh, this last year and uh, it it was pretty rad. It was definitely a tough day. It was definitely a lot hotter. I was happy I was in the bivouac, uh, you know, with, with uh, everything ready to go and, and waiting for the guys to get back. Uh, so that was that was definitely good. Um, let's see what else it was. Uh, so five days, right? 14th through the 18th. Uh, this time around, or this last time around, it was just a short loop, basically down to Puerto Penasco and back. Uh, so this year, we'll see. Uh, the previous years, they've gone further uh, down into Hermosillo, that area. So looking forward to uh, to some more announcements here coming soon on that one. So let's see. All right. So that is the Sonora Rally uh, that's coming up again. That's March 14th through 18th. Uh, up next on the books is going to be, well, there's going to be some, it's a little bit of back and forth on this one. Uh, let's see here. Make sure everybody got their link. Yeah, everybody's got their link. Just waiting for them to jump in. All right. I see Keith is in on this one. So. Hang tight and we'll be with these guys in just a second. So let's go back to talk. All right. So we know Sonora Rally is going to be 14th through the 18th uh, of of March. That's tentative date, what they got right now. Again, entries are still on hold, but we're expecting news here shortly uh, to get going on this. Uh, the next one to talk about is going to be the uh, actually the the first was last year, but uh, this time around it is going to be the Kota Rally. Uh, so that is taking part in Colorado and in Utah, uh, mix right there between the two. Uh, so for those of you not familiar, this is the first fully permitted, fully legal AMA sanctioned rally event in North America. So Mike over there running a real tight ship, start times, rally comps, everything, uh, speed zones, a point system. But best of all, this is a Malamoto style event. So for those of you playing the home game, Malamoto, pretty easy. Uh, your Malamoto events are the or, or a class uh, or in Dakar as the originals by Motul is basically the old school way of rally raid, right? You have your boxes, you have your equipment, you got to pick wisely what you're taking uh, to these events because that's all you have. Your camping stuff, your food, everything, you've got to basically be self-sufficient for the entirety of the event. So Malamoto is a really, really cool class for that because it does have that Ironman, that you know, kind of, I don't know, a little, a little something extra, you know, you have a little more sense of accomplishment. You don't have the help and support that you do, uh, when you have, or go in as a team. Uh, this is something that's a little bit more, uh, difficult 
harder on the body, the rest cycles, that kind of thing is a little bit different when it comes to, to Malamoto. So uh, you can get on over to the Kota Rally Adventures website for this. And basically the bikes have to be a street legal bike because, again, this is fully permitted, fully sanctioned. So the bikes have to be ready to go for road. Uh, you got to be wearing your protective gear and all that stuff. So there's there's a few rules to it. But everybody that left that rally uh, afterwards, the pre pre rally report or post rally reports, everybody was absolutely stoked uh, on the scenery and how the event went down. And, and, you know, there was areas that were challenging and there was stuff that was like, you know, uh, your your regular recreational rider and then there was stuff that was all the way into you know full send some pretty hardcore stuff so uh again mike and them the team for kotal rally running a really good ship got all the stuff there support the rescue st- everything is just dialed in so he did a very good job you can tell it was uh, a few years in planning to get it going uh but was able to get it going uh and finally off the ground and we're looking forward to uh to this year so uh, for this year's event, it is September 10th through September 17th. Uh, so coming up in uh, a few short months, eight months from now uh, for this event. So entries are open for this. If you guys want to jump over to KotaRallyAdventures.com, uh, you'll be able to get in and be able to see the events. And again, I'll post the links in the podcast description so you guys can jump on that one. So Sonora Rally, Kota Rally, and then, of course, Baja Rally. So Baja Rally, we've got a few events coming for them, which was really cool. I was really happy to see this. First of all, it is their 10-year anniversary for the uh, now six-day rally event. Uh, The six-day rally event is going to be held uh, on October 2nd through the 8th. Uh, They also have two other smaller events, which is something that is absolutely stoked um, that they're sticking with and going to make happen, is uh, on May 20th through 22nd, you have the San Quintin Rally. Uh, so that one a little bit uh, south of Ensenada, but the terrain is epic. A lot of stuff out there to see. It was very, very beautiful uh, countryside right near the water as well as some dunes there for you as well. So a little bit of everything there. Uh, they do have um, they do have a school tied in with that. They do have like a school class for that uh, where competitors can compete, even if they're not um, haven't been in a previous rally event so it's kind of a combination of school and rally rate event as well and that's coming up in may uh that's may 20th through the 22nd uh for the san quintin rally and then you're going to have uh in october uh the baja rally six day event so they're opening it up one more day it used to be five days now going to six days uh again that's october 2nd through the 8th and then the final uh to decide that one and i'm i think they're doing points I want to say they're doing points. Uh, the final event for that one is going to be the Catavina Rally, uh, which is going to be uh, on December 1st through the 3rd. So these are more like weekend type events uh, for those of you guys uh, playing the home game and, and looking at getting into a smaller rally event without, you know, a real super huge commitment, you know, going five or six days, depending if it's Sonora Rally or the six day Baja Rally. Uh, these events are great primer stuff. Uh, if you only could make one, only one of them um and you didn't want to go for six days uh the catavina rally oh it's going to be cold in december in the mornings the catavina rally oh one with my time at baja rally uh everybody's favorite stages were always in and around the catavina area uh for those of you that don't know the area it is still further south of ensenada you're probably from san diego to there uh probably a good five six hour ride uh, if you can make it through the town traffic and stuff like that, or you could go through the San Felipe side. It is a little bit uh, closer. Uh, if you're familiar with that area where the five and the one meet, uh, you're going to have to go a little bit north from there, about 30, 45 minutes north of that junction to get to Catavina. Um, so that is like no man's land, no cell service. The only thing that works out there is satellite phones. Uh, your internet is basically bought in hundred megabyte chunks uh, or I don't know, or gigabyte chunk. I don't know what it's up to now. It's been a while since I've been there, but best sunsets, awesome little place. The food is always amazing. It's got a nice little bar in there, uh, for your non-adult beverages, uh, and adult beverages if you're into that. Um, but a lot to see there. And again, that's, that's probably my favorite area to visit. Um, so I'm stoked that they're doing a rally there and well, I've already put the time in off at work. So 
just need to get it accepted. So anyway, so that is the rally calendar for this year. We'll talk a little bit more about the classes and categories and things like that that are coming up for uh, the Baja Rally. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more of that. And then we've got uh, the Sonora Rally as well. So in chronological order, just to recap it, Sonora Rally coming up first, March 14th through the 18th. Then it is going to be the San Quentin Rally uh, put on by Baja Rally. That is going to be May 20th through the 22nd. Uh, and then we go back uh, to the Kota Rally. Kota Rally going to be September 10th through the 17th. And then we're on to the Baja Rally six-day event, and that is going to be October 2nd through the 8th, and then followed by the finale in Catavina, uh, December 1st through 3rd. So that is the event for the North American rallies. And I'm sure we've got some more stuff maybe over on the East Coast, but we'll figure that out a little bit later. Uh, In the meantime, waiting patiently in the background, and I can see they've been here for a little bit. We're going to talk Sonora Rally, and we're going to be talking with Ace and Keith of High Desert Adventures. So let's see if they are there. Guys, you there? I'm here. This is Keith. (laughs) All right. Yep, I'm here too. Ace. Nice. Well, welcome. Welcome to the party. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> yeah, of course. So we're getting ready. another year of rally raid. Yeah, man. I'm <laughs> so ready for this. It is it seems like uh Dakar took forever to get here and finish, but now that it's over and looking ahead at the calendar and listening to you outline what's ahead for the the rallies here in North America is I mean, it's amazing that we have so many options and I mean compared to you know, just a few years ago, uh, there weren't that many options. Mm-hmm. And it's just exciting to see the the sport grow and uh, people are getting into it and they're excited and anxious to find some books. People are making their own books and it's it's great. Yep. Definitely. Uh, definitely growing, which is which is good. And you're right. There was a Sonora rally and there was Baja rally and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's, you know, I, I know that there's like a sandblast rally and I know there's a couple things back east, but I, I got to do some more digging to figure out what those what those are about. But, you know, for us, desert and, and Dakar style rallies, I think that's that was our only options up till now. Right. You know, or, or crossing the pond. So uh, what did you think about this year's Dakar? Did you get a chance to watch it all? Oh, yeah. I was up at all hours of the night, like most people that are fans of rally, trying to get the latest information. I was getting text messages from guys over there at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I got a text message from Johnny Campbell one night. It was one thirty in the morning. I'm like, dude, <laughs> what's going on? So, but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was good. I, you know, uh, the, the tricky navigation that just kind of threw everybody for a loop on day one. Um, really threw a wrench in it for a lot of the top guys, but uh, that's rally, I guess. Um, it's you know talking to a few guys that were were there and what they encountered. I don't know how you prepare for that or or train for that because it was just like it was totally off the book. Um, and and the guys that found the note were just kind of guessed and as i understand it so you know i wasn't there but you know from from talking to people that's kind of how it went down and unfortunately a few of the top guys lost close to an hour and tried to play catch up the rest of the rest of the time but it was basically game over from day one for a few of them but um super stoked the way the way mason showed out there um, I was bummed that I couldn't make it out to his fundraiser at Happy Dave's house. I was uh, Keith and I were both in Baja doing a, a tour um, in November. We do a tour called Ride 1000 to Watch the 1000. Mm-hmm. And we had a great group, um, 12 guys on tour and, and watched the 1000. So I wasn't able to attend that, but uh, just really stoked to see him out there performing. And I, I think I met him for the first time at uh, YSR in 2019. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of cutting his teeth on the first few road books there and to see how far he's come in, in a few, you know, a couple of years is, is just insane. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. I'm, I'm, I'm almost fairly certain he caught a few people off guard, just a few. <laughs> <laughs> you <think? Yeah. laughs> but, you know, hey, that's, you know, and, and you're right. You did mention it. it is rally raid. And you know what? And, and for him, you know, it wasn't on the first stage, but on the second or third stage, I know he had a little bit of a snafu with the navigation and then a crash. So everybody, 
just like in Baja, you know, everybody at some point, you know, pays, you know, you got to pay the piper. It doesn't, nothing's free. You know, you're going to, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And, uh, but it was, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was rough for a few guys on the first day, uh, uh, with that note and, and seeing it. And I mean, we've seen a few road books and, you know, you saw that Matthias Walkner posted some photos of what they were up against on those road books. And I'm going, mm, yeah, this is some, <laughs> this is next level. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Keith. Yes. Let's talk about you. So, you you guys were down doing the Ride 1000 to watch the 1000? Yep. Nice. How, how long have you been hanging out with Ace? Um, I, I've been a partner with Ace. I, well, I've known him since 2006. I've been a partner, I think, for, I don't know, five or six years now with him in High Desert Adventures. Nice. Um, I have a lot of a lot of race experience. I've been racing about 40 years, I suppose. Nice. Um, mostly off-road desert and woods events. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so mm-hmm. a lot of woods events. And we actually have a, well, we used to have anyways, a real pretty serious desert scene up here also. Yeah. Interesting. Dodging trees, though, does sound a bit dangerous. Well, this is what I grew up on, <laughs> oh, was okay. dodging the trees in the mud. So when I went to the desert, I found it pretty easy comparatively. <laughs> I, I Yes, I could imagine. <laughs> well... Actually, you know what? You're probably going to be better than most than at, at missing the choyas and the cactuses. Yeah, most of the time. I did have a <laughs> I did have a big experience with one back in the the late eighties that <laughs> is oh. one of my better stories. But anyways, <laughs> did you go? Uh, in, that, did you go in for a hug? Too good. Yeah, that's too good to pass up, Keith. You got to share that. Yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, if you got time, I uh, I was pre running actually the Baja one thousand in eighty eight. Mm-hmm. out by myself and i was just i'd been on an xr 600 and then i got on my kx 250 race bike which was way faster and way zippier and i'm just hauling butt i overshoot a corner and there's a log out there i figure i'll just kind of get back onto the road i'm probably doing 70 mm-hmm. i wheelie over the log and it just launches me over the bars so i do this upside down backwards and landed right on a big choya and then my bike landed on me and pinned me there. So oh. I had I had hundreds of them in me, all in my back and everywhere. They were just everywhere. So that's my choice <laughs> story. I I ended I had to ride maybe thirty or forty miles back to the truck, but I got out and oh. yeah that that's my choice. That's my big choice story. Okay, it was choice sandwich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. you the cow. I'm really the I'm really leery around cactus anymore <laughs> for sure. I feel like that incident might have done had a small effect on that. Small yes, impact. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is, is you got out of there, and I can only imagine, you know, <laughs> the, yep. the, the pain that ensued after. But, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what about you, Ace? Have you had any run-ins with the Choyas? Uh, just very, very small in comparison. Not even <laughs> worth mentioning. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's. Um, I think it was uh, Cameron or, or Jimmy that was telling me, you know, if, if you're riding a trail built by Jimmy Sones, you you need to ride it, especially when it's new, mm-hmm. you ride it s- sitting down. <laughs> if you're riding, if you're riding a Bill Nichols trail out there and it's fairly new, you want to ride it standing up because the lean angles and how they rode it after they built it, it, it kind of determines how you approach the trail. So it's good to know who the builder was and how, what their style of riding was, because that that's, that's where the trail is and that's where the cactus won't be. So you kind of, <laughs> you kind of mimic the trail builder to avoid the cactus. And, and ever since I learned that little tidbit, even though I like to ride standing up when I'm on a Jimmy Sones trail, I'll sit down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So there's there's some method to the madness there, and and it's really because it's just been pre-cleaned for you by yep, them, pretty much. Yeah. So those for those, of course, playing the home game, the choya is a very special cactus. While most think it's not an animate object or inanimate object, it is. It jumps out at you. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And no that's question. how you did. Two out of three people agreed with that without even <laughs> yep. a pause. So, yes, this cactus will literally jump out at you. And it, and it seems like it's easily detached. So it's not like it, it, it just sticks back to where it was. You know, it's not like a quick poke. No, this thing, like, goes for the ride. It breaks off in chunks. Yeah. 
and then and sticks to you. Yeah. And it goes through hand guards. Oh, it yeah. goes through knee guards. <laughs> it goes through back, yeah, backpacks, everything. Yeah. yeah. So, so it has. And they're barbed. They don't want to come back out. <laughs> so for most Baja racers, it has a very near and dear, uh, <laughs> a very near and dear, uh, heartfelt uh, feeling for, for people. <laughs> They've experienced it. Yeah. I've only had a run-ins with them uh, in the cars. And, and and the best part about it is is in the car you're hauling butt and you're doing all this and your first instinct is to grab it with your hand. Right. <laughs> you're in a hurry. Yeah. And yeah. the car's moving and it's moving. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be much different on a bike. But yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who headed to Baja for the first time, watch out for the Choyas. Watch out for sure. <laughs> Right. Even if even if you don't hit them, they they seem to find a way. I remember once I was riding pretty pretty tight formation when there was three or four of us going through the single track leading to Bay of L.A. and one of the guys ran over one and it flipped it up in the air. And I saw it go up in the air. I was like, Oh no, that's going to come down. And I, you can't look up, right? Because if you look up, you're going to run into the toy that are lining the trails. So you just kind of hope and pray that it doesn't land on you. Yeah, and in this case it didn't, but man, it can they attack you from all angles. It's bizarre. <laughs> I I'm 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 feeling this like Forrest Gump describing the rain. You know, yeah. raining sideways <laughs> and some days it felt like it was, <laughs> I kind of feel some like some days it's coming up at you. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the Choya kind of sends it, but it's funny, it won't stick to the tire, it'll just fling off the tire. Oh yeah, exactly. but somehow yep. gets stuck on everything else. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. All right. Well, how uh, comparatively speaking, I don't think you get that much Choya out in uh, the Sonora side of things, right? No, not a lot of Choya out there. No. And you, um, Ace, last year was your first year at Sonora Rally, or had you done that before? Uh, it would have been my third. I had to pull out of the 2020 Sonora Rally because of the pandemic and my responsibilities at the hospital. So mm-hmm. I raced 2019 and I raced 2021. Gotcha. Okay. So terrain wise out there in Sonora Rally, what would you, uh, what would you say? For, for oh, wow. You get a full, you get a full, it's a full meal deal. I think you get a, a pretty good variety. There's a lot of sand roads. Um, there's some two track, there's some, uh, what would be single track through the, you know, through the grass, um, leading to the dunes and then a lot of sand dunes and, and big sand dunes. So you get it. So full, full boat. Uh, yeah. Throw in some, uh, beach riding, some stuff along the, uh, the shoreline there, um, into the various places that we go, um, some farming roads. I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of everything, but a lot of dunes, a lot of sand dunes. Nice. So, so, uh, for those of you planning on coming, make sure uh, you've, you've been practicing your HP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So Keith, have you done any rally raid stuff? What have you, uh, I have not. Nope. The, my trip to Sonora will actually be my first, uh, my first time to a rally at all. Um, and of course I'm not going to be riding it, but I will be offering, uh, services to racers down there. Nice. So yeah, so let's let's actually talk a little bit about that. So last year, uh, Ace, you were you were with the uh, conflict team, right? You came down with with Alex and those guys, Rally Pan Am, um, and, and and rode with them, supported. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, kind of, what was that like? And then, what's going on this year? Well, I can't say enough about Alex and his team. Uh, Rally Pan Am has been in this game for a long time. Um, and the full meal deal, I mean, they, they provide support from the time you get off the airplane in, in Sedona until until you cross back over the border. Um, and when I contacted Alex last year in, in preparation for, you know, laying out my schedule for, for rally this year, you know, just checking with him um, about providing support at Sonora, he, he let me know that he wasn't going to be providing support, that he was going to be racing. So on one hand, I was super excited that, um, you know, this guy that I've known for quite a while and, and been friends with and done a lot of business with was going to actually get out and enjoy the sport of rally because he's a great rider and, and a very good navigator. Um, 
I was excited about that, but completely bummed that there was no support. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, started talking with, um, with Keith and, and hatched a plan to, uh, provide support through high desert adventures. Um, it's, it's not very different than what we do for our customers when they come on tour with us down in Baja or central Oregon. And, um, pretty quickly we determined that we could provide, um, a quality product for, for the racers of Sonora. Um, I actually called Alex just to double check to make sure he wasn't going to change his mind and that they weren't going to re-enter the game. And he said, no, and, and in fact, encouraged me to do it. So next call was to, uh, to Darren with Sonora rally to, you know, kind of get his blessing and, and make sure that we could provide um, a product to his standard. And, and he was all in on that. And there'll be a link on the Sonora website of how to uh, sign up with us and a link to our website. We'll get into that, but yeah, that's kind of how this plan was hatched. And, and uh, so I, I will be racing and, and Keith is going to manage the support aspect um, and with assistance from gnarly Dave, who I know, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the off-road community knows gnarly gnarly dave is famous he, 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 he does have a bit of a following doesn't he, he does. for sure <laughs> <laughs> don't let him fool you <laughs> yeah i yeah, no, he's uh great people i mean i'm uh there's very few people that uh well i did have a questionable hill experience on a 790 <laughs> with him and i will never forget the words i will never put you through something i don't think you can handle and then had a miniature heart attack uh, at the top of this hill, but <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, he's, he's definitely a great people knows a lot about bikes. And then, I mean, of course he's not only forms part of the, the team with you guys, but also with, uh, with Honda and the Johnny, Johnny Campbell team as well. So right. yeah. that's an awesome duo. So you'll, you'll get to have fun and they'll get to wrench and, and, and manage them and, I'll get to have fun just hanging out with gnarly Dave too. Yeah, that is, is this uh Keith? So this will be like first time in the bivouac for, for you. Yep. Absolutely. Oh man. I'm sorry. So I'll just be, I'll just be <laughs> relying on my, uh, my past racing experience. What I liked to, you know, and you know what I found helpful to help other people. Oh yeah. And I'll, be, and I'll be learning the whole time too, which is always good. Yeah, well, the the best part about it is, is I think that you'll you're going to see firsthand is the um, everybody's racing from the green flag to the checkered flag, but when it comes to the bivouac, everybody's just BSing. It's bench racing and and, and talking about notes and how they did circles in the desert for a half hour trying to figure out where the stupid point was, and it's right. the road bookmaker's fault, and there's no way it's their fault, and yeah. Yep. You'll get all the stories. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of other racing that I've done too. So yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> nice. So let's see. So, I mean, you've been, you said, I mean, racing since the eighties. So, I mean, you're, you're familiar around bikes and, and, and wrenching yeah. and doing yep. all that stuff. So that's awesome. Yep. And, and I think that's important. I think just like how, uh, some of the teams, like, I mean, if you think, uh, like Mason at Dakar or any of the teams that are supported where it's not Malamoto, um, that's a big, you know, that's a very big deal to have somebody that can work on the bike, wrench on the bike that knows what they're doing. Uh, right. And takes that pressure off for sure. Right. Yep. For sure. Nice. So let's see. So we've got, uh, so you guys are going to be running support and, and helping racers out. Um, I don't know. Can, can we talk a little bit about like the plan, like what you guys see happening? I mean, logistics, anything that you guys can share with, with the listeners, you know, if they're looking, you know, if, if I'm in back East and I want to come race the Sonora rally, you know, what does that look like as a supported rider by you guys? So I think that, um, my intention is to provide breakfast in the morning and then through, I'll have snacks throughout the day available at our gas pits. We're going to have two trucks operating. So we'll be leapfrogging, uh, remote gases. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then we'll be all set up at the bivouac to be able to work on bikes at night and change oil, tires, air filters, whatever needs to be done um, for supported riders. And then we are potentially also offering a Malimoto uh, program, also. Nice. Which would still be would, would still be the breakfast and the snacks throughout the day and the gas, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, they get they they have their basic, but then at the when it comes to the nighttime stuff, right? Are, are you guys, I imagine, are splitting it up, and they have their area, and you have your area, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So you'll have um, you'll have both both sides of the coin there. You'll have the the Iron Man guys, right? The, the they got a wrench on their bikes on their own, and then yep. and then you'll have that section. It's awesome, right? So yep. perfect. And then um, Ace, you did mention. I guess there's going to be a link or something like that, right, on the Sonora website to get a hold of you guys. And correct, yeah. So they can go directly to our website at highdesertadventures.net. Mm-hmm. and click on the link um it's up on the top bar it's called race support mm-hmm. that'll take you directly to uh the outline for sonora kind of mm-hmm. what we're uh, we'll be providing there kind of a recap of what just keith just said mm-hmm. um yeah, and they have the option for full support or um uh, if they're entering the Malimoto class, the details of that, if there's going to be a specific class, are still being worked out with Darren and Sonora. Mm-hmm. But if that comes to fruition, then uh, we will obviously um, uh, be the, the people to support that. Um, and they'll have their box, and we'll transport their box from one location to the next. And like he said, when they get to the bivouac, they'll have a, a canopy to work under and um, appropriate lighting. Um, tire changing um, tools if needed um, we'll wait and see what the if, if they do have a class for that there will be specific rules about who can do what and if tire changing can be outsourced then obviously that's something we can do for them as well nice nice i well i i hope they do that class because i mean that thing is uh, i think there's a lot of people that are kind of want to get into this but are more of the adventure you know type and they want to go full send into it so i think that's uh i hope they do it i really yeah do. i do too um uh david pearson and i we put together a proposal for uh darren and, and sonora rally crew and um one that i think uh would not make it difficult for them right mm-hmm. we don't want to add to their already busy um schedule and tasks that they they have a pretty big punch list already that they have to tend to so we don't want to add to that burden um and i think we can we can uh, provide a service and oversee the class in such a way that it would not be a burden to darren and his his crew Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because it is uh it is it is a lot of work to put on a rally there's a lot of moving pieces so I can, Definitely. Imagine, I can imagine he's full send right now anyway. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I think about what we do in preparation for, you know, a tour, we've got a tour coming up in February here. Um, and I would say throughout the, the year, the preparation that goes into that, the logistics, um, the planning, the route, the accommodations, the food, um, checking out of each rider, the registration, uh, the medical piece, uh, medics, uh, bike recovery, chase support, fuel, all of those things. I mean, we, we probably just between Keith and I put in probably a thousand hours plus in preparation for each tour that we put on. So I, I mean, you probably have to triple that to put on a, an event like Sonora. So I I know that planning and preparation starts the day after we complete our tour for the next year. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's the same way for Darren. Yeah. Yeah. And time runs out really quick, especially, I mean, where, where he runs to be able to verify road books, you know, you basically, once the event is done, you have a really small window and which was even smaller last year because you have to be out there before the heat or you got to go back out after. But then after you start running into holidays, other racing commitments and stuff like that, because from what I understand, Darren still is active in the off-road side of things as well, not okay. just in the rally raid. But yeah, yeah. So it definitely makes a difference. So it, it has been a little bit since uh, since we had you on the show. Um, how's how's the tour thing going? I mean, what are you guys? Are you still doing the same rides? I know the thousand to watch the thousand. Uh, yeah, that was that was a good tour in November. Um, had a great crew. We stayed in some remote. Uh, destinations, you know, uh, spots down in Baja that that I'd never been to and had wanted to check out. So, you know, we did did a little bit of pre running and checked some things out, and it, it worked out really good. Um, 
there's a little, I'm not going to give it away, but there's a little spot just uh, west of Catapina, uh, probably about 15, 17 miles off the grid, up on top of a mountain, um, and, and just epic. Nice. epic. epic. Not, sure. not anyone else around. Uh, truly the never-never. There's there's no fuel out there. There's no cell service. There's there's no no gasoline. You know, you got to be prepared to go out there. But once you get there, we did, we had an epic time. Um, rode some great trail. Um, just an outstanding group of guys. The pace was great. We didn't have, um, but just a couple minor mechanicals, no injuries. Um, yeah, so it was a great time and already getting requests for November of 2022. So nice. excited about that. I will be putting on the November tour. Um, and Keith has an, another plan for November of this coming year. He can speak to that a little bit if he wants to. I kind of set him up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got I am going to race the. I am going to race the Ironman class in the Baja 1000. Oh, there we go. So I believe at that point I will be the oldest one to ever do it, which nice. is exciting to me. So nice. Yeah, that's my. I've been training and uh, working with Rob Beams, the trainer, and really getting my butt in shape for it. So yes, because yeah, that will be uh, the thousand is is no joke. And I mean, you've, no, you've no. raced for a long time. So you under, you know, it's, this isn't, uh, you're going to come at this probably in a more calculated approach than the guy that just goes, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I've raced, we have a, uh, a series up here too. That's a Ironman series. So I've raced okay. six hours, 12 hours, and then 24 hour races also up here. Yeah. Ironman. So I have, I think I have a good idea what, what, how to do it going in. <laughs> nice. So here's a, Here's one, and I think this has actually got a little bit of crossover, and we'll. I want both of you guys to answer this one. Uh, so, Keith, we'll start with you. Is how do you set up a bike that you know you're going to have to ride for the next 30, 30 hours in in like a Baja one thousand? Well, I set. I would set it up. I will. I am setting it up to have uh, supple suspension, mm -hmm. um, and then just protective gear protective everything hand guards uh skid plates all that kind of stuff gotcha motors do you do anything to the motor nope nope i don't yeah I'm I, I ride a kx 450 um I, I don't do anything to the motors okay so softer and, and then and then good lights of course okay uh do you have a light preference um i don't know that i know enough about them to, to do it i have a just a baja design squadron on it right now which i think is bright enough but i um one of the guys going on our tour is bringing uh another light that i'm going to try out down there also okay yeah so. I, th I think everybody's pretty much onto the like the xl xl 80s or xl pros or whatever it's like running two of those yeah but, you know i don't know and that's another. And I'm gonna I'm gonna test it a little bit and see if I can run it with my electrical system. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's another important. So th there's there's definitely a lot of moving pieces to set a bike up to that. Yeah, and, for sure. And then obviously a steering damper and things like that. Yeah, your the the basics, the desert tank, the yeah, the yeah, damper. Exactly. Uh, do yeah. you do you run uh, typically run the headlight off the frame, or are you running it on the uh, on? A no, headlight? mine's just on the forks at this point in time. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. In the past, I would have with bigger lights, but I don't know that it's that necessary anymore because with the LED lights being as small as they are and as light as they are, I'm not sure it's that critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the big, you know, the the back in the days, right? The Danny Hamill days where they two, yeah. two eight inch and a six inch. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, but big now you get lights a, or yeah. CBS or whatever. Yeah, CB or whatever is the other the other brand, yep. old school brand. Yeah, I think yep. we still got a set of those lying around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> probably worth some gold now on ebay probably yeah all right ace what do you what do you do to set up a bike well i you know i i'm with keith i think um you leave the motor stock you want it to be as reliable as possible um you, you can get away with uh you know some minor head work and and the aftermarket exhaust but i think that's that's about it um, and I would say for this Ironman class, it's not even as, as critical, you know, top speed isn't as critical as, as it is on a team. So yeah, I agree full, 
full on with what Keith said there. And then I think more important is the, the body prep versus the bike prep, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the pit yeah. support going along with it. Yeah. I, I reached the 2009 Baja 1000 with um, one other person. I rode the first uh, 460 miles. He rode the last 480 miles. And for me, I just, I divvied it up into the pit stops and there was, you know, basically uh, a pit stop every 60 miles. So I just, I treated it like, just get to the next pit, just get to the next pit. The next pit is the next race, you know, and each time I got to the pit, I'd eat and uh, drink as much as I could really concentrate on carbohydrates and, you know, banana and some shot block and whatever I could stuff in me and in, in the amount of time that it took them to dump the fuel can and, and wipe my goggles clean and then take off again. So, um, yeah, I don't have a whole much, whole lot more to add. Um, I think definitely running bibs down there, um, for sure. And having a plan of when to, when to swap the tires, knowing how long that they'll last. And I'm sure Keith will cover that in his testing and stuff when he's down there. That's part of what we're doing with the tour is using as a little bit of a testing ground for some of the products that he'll be using in the 1000. There we go. A little bit of R and D. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's good. So it'll give you, give you a chance to kind of try out and see what, uh, what's going to work for you and what you might need to adopt and change. Right. Uh, Right. And it'll be, I'll be on a similar bike to what I am now, what I am now. So uh, everything should pretty much directly translate transfer over the, uh, the interesting one. And then in ACE, you just mentioned it too, is the, the mooses. I mean, that that's kind of quickly evolved to the only way to, to ride these things now. now yeah definitely yeah it, it's and it's i've i've just gone down that rabbit hole and and i mean there's different sizes there's different obviously different companies there's you know and then what lube should i use for my tire mousse is almost only out shadow or like uh i don't know how to how to necessarily put the only bigger question than that is what oil should i run Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Because then with moose lube, then, you know, at least the manufacturer tells you only run this much amount of oil. But with moose lube and stuff like that, it seems like, well, nah, you know, some people it's like I put about two pounds of it in there and then I put the moose in and then (laughs) other guys are two tubes and then the next guy's like one tube and then put some toothpaste in it as well. I don't, you know, there's... Yeah, so we were just um, mounting up mooses and tires and stuff in preparation for our upcoming tour in February, and and we were in the garage, Keith and I, and and uh, we were prepping the rear tire um, for that's going on my bike, and and so we were using a combination of of tire soap and um, moose lube. I said, so he he lubed one of them up with tire soap, and he said, about to put it in. I said, no, 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 we're going to add moose lube on top of the tire soap as an experiment for this one <laughs> so we've got <laughs> wheels that are marked with certain combinations and, and you know we'll run the 1350 miles that we're going to run in february and then we'll report back at which moose survived the best yeah 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 that's all you can do you can just you know you you read about different people you know preferences and theories and stuff like that and until you go out and test it and try it for yourself you'll you won't know what works mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. And and not only that, like something else that I had seen, um, and this was in reading an article about the uh, the best in the desert bike, the 450 KTM, uh, was using a slightly larger moose for the tire. So yep. I think Nitro Moose does a pretty good job of listing what size moose goes with which tire because that is critical. But then in this article, they said they would run a slightly larger one for the events that had higher speed. Well, this just happened the other night, too, when we were doing this, because I had one that was a little bit smaller, and we decided we'd put the bigger one in so it would feel like it had more pressure. Mm -hmm. So, because we we are doing a 1,350-mile ride here in a couple weeks, so. Yeah. And, and I mean, so it makes sense to me, right? So the, a little bit more air pressure would probably generate less heat, which we know heat is what screws the mooses up. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, then, you know, okay, well, how much bigger can you go? What's the deal? And then, then the other side of it is, is the rider weight, you know, cause one to two pounds difference make, or makes a difference in the tire, 
which is the equivalent of, you know, somebody being a little heavier, a little bit lighter, that kind of thing. So, right. Oh man, it's only money, right? It's only money. That's right. And time. <laughs> and time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The worst is to have, you know, yeah. Have a complete moose failure out there and, and then, yeah, not, you know, have to put a tube in it or do something or, you know, or hopefully yep. at least you're prepared for that. But I feel like that doesn't happen that often anymore. I feel like mooses have become pretty bomb proof. I agree. Um, but I was concerned with the smaller moose tube that I had that I, you know, slam in a berm or something or that I knock the bead off mm. because it would be like it had 10 pounds in it or eight pounds of air in it feeling like that as opposed to maybe 13 or 14 with the bigger mm-hmm. moose tube. In it. And what do you guys typically run the Michelin stuff or are you on the nitro moose stuff? In the front, I'm still, I still have a little bit of a stash of the golden tire moose. Oh, um, which I consider kind of, they're like gold right now. And they stopped importing them because of the, the tariffs and stuff that are just so outrageous. But um, I've still got 20 or so of those left. So we'll be running those up front. And then the nitro, um, I think we have the nitro in one and we have uh, the Michelin in another. So we're doing some some testing just to see which one's going to last. There we go. All right. Nice. So that's good. So I think that that brings a lot of value too for, for the people that are maybe coming to Sonora and, and, and doing the package and, and going to be working with you guys. Cause you guys are actually experimenting and doing tours and stuff like that. And, and, and not short miles either. I mean, no, no. What's the shortest tour that you guys do? Shortest one would be up in the high desert of central Oregon. Uh, it's called the wild west tour. And basically it's a three day, um, just over 400 mile ride. So it's about 150 miles each day. Nice. All right. When, um, well, we'll, we'll go back and revisit it, but I, I remember we talked about it and then the terrain and everything like that. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, pretty easy going, but very picturesque now. Oh, it's beautiful up here. You can't, you can't beat it. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to come up there because I have, to me, Catavina is, is top, you know, the, with the, the, uh, what is it? The bosom trees or whatever it is the, the Dr. Yep. Seuss trees that are out yep. there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that's pretty top, but, uh, you know, hey, it's different, uh, different areas. That's where we actually watched the uh, the thousand this year. It was all out of Catavina. Oh, nice! So we went out in the morning and watched the bikes come through, and then went out at night and watched the trophy trucks come through and man. and the top buggies. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, and I'm sure that was that was pretty. That that area gets pretty beat up. You know. Oh yeah, which is great are... to watch the trophy trucks in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just uh yeah it just it leads to. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen the courses through there. I know previously because that's an interesting area because it is actually a, a protected area, protected land, and I, you got to do like studies and and uh, impact, environmental impact studies and stuff like that to get through there. So uh, it, it's interesting to see. You know, I think that um, with the races because I previously working with Baja Rally, I know that that was a very big deal, uh, making sure you had all the permits and everything through there. So. It's cool. Well, they did run from Catavina south. They ran the pavement for quite a while to get around an area. Ah, uh, okay. During the race. I mean, it's yeah. speed limited, obviously. But, yeah. yeah, during the race, they ran it down the pavement. Ah, okay. Yeah, so there is, yeah. So that that's kind of what we figured. It, it was coming because even, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of years ago now, when I was still with the organization, that, there was already being meetings and stuff like that about that, that, hey, you know, you guys are running through this, but, you know, we haven't seen a permit. We haven't seen anything. Uh, yeah through there yeah. so which you know i i agree with because you know yeah for for the people that have visited down there and seen that area it's just amazing you know so, yep um awesome all right so let's see here we've got uh all right so we got the plan we already know uh march 14th through the 18th right now we're just waiting for entries to open uh for the sonora rally uh though if you are I'm thinking, though, even though that hasn't opened, it's probably time to start talking to you guys, right, about support? Yeah, we're going to have a limited number of spots. Um, We're going to cap it at 10 riders. 
And, you know, we do that not to exclude anybody, but just provide the highest level of support we possibly can with the um, number of people that we have supporting the event. Um, and, you know, to be honest, it's our, it's our first time going down there as a support team and we want to, we want to get it right. So, you know, we, we have the equipment and, and could probably round up the personnel to take on more, but we are going to cap it at 10 riders this year. So if you, if this is something that you want to do and you, your plan is to go to Sonora and you need rider support, whether it be Malimoto or, or full support, you want to come in, drop your bike and wake up in the morning to a fresh prepped bike for the race. Um, we're the, we're your people right now. Yeah. Nice. And then, so got to go to high desert adventures with the website again high desert adventures.net .net. okay high desert adventures.net and again i'll put the link uh in the podcast stuff as well so so we could get people there so limited to 10 riders uh for this time around and and i think that's pretty cool i mean if you guys you've got it calculated you've you've got the tour experience you've done this before it's just uh happens to be a slightly different uh organization and event so right Nice. So cool. So anything, uh, anything else the guys should know before coming to Sonora and then getting set up, anything you guys would recommend? You know, I, I just think having, having your bike ready before you leave, um, is, is the best preparation is the best plan for success. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, get your stuff dialed now, um, work out any kinks, if you're putting something new on your bike, get out and test it in the real world environment before before taking it to a race. I mean, that's pretty basic knowledge, but for somebody that's just getting into rally or maybe this is their first time coming down, um, make sure your road book is secure. Like if you put it on for the first time, I remember the first time I mounted up my, my moto minded uh, tower mm-hmm. and, um, took it out and rode, you know, 50 miles. I had quite a few, you know, nuts and bolts that had come loose and that's just, that's part of breaking it in. You got to go back through, find the, find the stuff that, you know, came loose, put some red Loctite on it or whatever your preference is for locking stuff down and, and, um, you know, identify the weak points and uh, sort that stuff out. It's, it's nothing negative about the kit. I think every, every kit has that. Um, it's just like riding a new bike for the first time. You don't go out and race it right off the shore floor. You take it out, ride it, bring it home and go through it and check in and see what, what needs to be tightened and what needs to be fixed and adjusted and, you know, make sure it's set up for you and your preferences and, mm-hmm all that fun stuff. So, so don't, don't, (laughs) don't do zero maintenance and then expect it to be brought up to race spec. No, (laughs) right. At the event. After you've raced it the first day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, so things to watch out for, uh, when prepping the bike electrical, I think that's probably one of the electrical is huge. Um, I, you, I mean, if you're if you're adding a kit for the first time, pay a really close attention to how you're routing your wires, um, where the rub points are. Uh, make sure you can turn your bars um, full full lock left and right, or wherever you have them adjusted to. Um, make sure your seat after you install it, it's not pinching anything that you that you installed that's aftermarket. Um, those are the most common failures is a wire that's misrouted or it's routed across something that you don't even realize is sharp. Um, and, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be sharp to, you know, to chafe on a, you know, a brake line or something like that. And, and then it becomes an issue for you on day three or four of the rally and your, your road book doesn't function. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll be prepared to chase those kind of things and help people out. Yeah do whatever we need to do to keep them in the game. Mm-hmm. But for the, again, once again, for those of you playing the home game, if you think that's going to happen in the pits, it's not, it's going to be when you're in the middle of some dune trying to get up it when it decides to quit, then you got to make it back to Ace and, and Keith and, and gnarly Dave. Yep. <laughs> then it's a whole yeah. other story. Yeah. Once it's yep. in the pits, we're good. <laughs> right. The problem is just making the loop. So awesome. So, well, it looks like I'm going to be running into you guys down there. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Some, yeah, definitely. Yep. See some rally stuff. I think, um, you know, if we can do half, 
Uh, I think we can do as as well as you know Pan Am has done for me in the in the Rally Pan Am in the past for me. I, I you know, and I think the last time I was on your show, uh, Victor, we were you kind of put me on the spot regarding a crash that I had in Sonora, and <laughs> and I didn't really I didn't really talk about it. <laughs> I think I kind of evaded the uh, question, if you will, or or just kind of side skirted it a little bit. And I, I think it was a little bit too fresh, and I was still licking my wounds. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't mean to put but, you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's all good. But um, so what happened? It was day three, mm-hmm. and I was probably 180 to 200k and through the 400k day. Mm-hmm and or whatever the length was somebody will go back up and and look it up but um it was a long day and we were riding some some desert terrain that kept crisscrossing like a little creek bed or river bed Mm -hmm. and i was day was going fantastic no no navigation errors riding really good the bike was performing awesome and we came across this creek bed again and there was like three three roller whoops kind of thing and i doubled the first two and then i decided that i could probably clear the the creek bed if i jumped the third one so i give it a big handful of throttle and clutch it and i don't know exactly what happened on takeoff but i drug the foot peg or i clipped something i i still don't know what happened but it changed the attitude of the bike in a not very good way (laughs) and i was pointed down at the creek bed and unfortunately i didn't clear it and so you know fourth gear um probably going 50 55 miles an hour and come up short on the creek bed that had a two foot lip on the other side and i just nailed it i just straight into it full on um it blew up the tower um amazingly um <laughs> my electronic roadbook the um ico roadbook uh, the tower one continued to work i don't know how but it did and uh, another rider came on and physically had to pick me up out of the sand i was still trying to catch my breath and stuff jacked up my wrist and and just destroyed you know just destroyed the bike you know didn't didn't hurt it terribly i, I could ride it but you know the fender was twisted and this and that <laughs> But um, the reason I tell the story is I brought back just a complete disaster of a motorcycle and, and the guys at Rally Pan Am um, worked their butts off through the night to turn it around and get me back out there the next day. And I, I woke up to a freshly, you know, prepped bike that was ready to go out and, you know, tackle another day. And that's and that's what we're hoping to do for the guys that sign up to ride with us. We know we know the task at hand is is not um it's not easy. It's going to make for some very long days. Um uh, but with Keith and Gnarly Dave uh as our two um mechanics in the pit mm-hmm. and the uh the other helpers that we got coming along I, I have no doubt that we'll be able to provide a, a top-notch uh, uh, rally service for these guys. Yeah. And, you know, the cool thing is, is, I mean, obviously Alex Alex has participated in these events and done a lot of roadbook stuff as well. Uh, but, you know, to the fact that you've raced it and, and will be out there as well, you know, we'll, we'll be in, you know, in the thick of it along with these guys. So I think that that provides... Um, provide some help as well, you know, and, and, and doing that, obviously you're running your own rally raid and your own race, but, um, when you guys are back and talking about notes that might've been tricky and things like that, you know, it, it will be, uh, it will obviously be a help to the guys. Uh, on for the sure. For sure. We've already got a couple guys committed to, uh, ride with us and, and I don't think he'll mind me saying, but, um, Jacob Ogabright will be in under our canopy and, yeah. and, yeah, of course, he's got all kinds of uh, writing experience and is quickly uh, climbing in the ranks of uh, the rally world with intentions of uh, getting to Dakar just like myself. So um, more about that to come. Yeah, no, and I definitely got to um, I got to catch up with him because I know he went uh, he went overseas. I think it was. Mor- Did he go to Morocco? Was it Morocco that he was on the. Uh, I think he was fine on on full fledged rally bike out in. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the Morocco rally. Um, the signature red helmet, I think is the, uh, 
or yeah. orange. Orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Orange. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to, I got to catch up with him and see how that's going. But yeah, I've been seeing, he's been doing a lot of roadbook stuff and training hard. So that's awesome. That sounds cool to have him there. And last year he, he was, uh, he was on it. <laughs> I have never seen somebody more determined than Jake last year. I mean, he yeah. blew up his bike on day one, mm-hmm. day one or day two. And, um, basically drove back to San Diego yeah. to, um, or had his dad drive back. Somebody drove back. I don't remember exactly who, but drove back, picked up a spare motor from his dad, I think, who brought it to San Diego, brought it back out uh, to Sonora, installed the motor, and was on the line the next day. And then something happened with that one, and it blew up. And I think he borrowed a bike from Mason to finish out the rally. He did. Uh, And just a never say die, never quit attitude, never had a, you know, just never had a negative thing to say, was stoked on the ride, the terrain and the experience more than anything. I mean, just just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete and uh, great competitor to have out there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and and you're right, because every time I mean, the first two days when we walked by, I remember seeing I'm like, dude, that bike is down to the frame. I mean, he's got to do some surgery. I'm not going to walk over there right now, but you know, I can see from afar, but you're right. I mean, he was just on it and, and, and then yeah, for Mason and them to to step up and, and allow him to do some, uh, some stress testing on the motor minded tower, uh, was, was really cool. I mean, it, it, you know, didn't skip a beat and, and he made it to the end, you know, right. which is awesome. So that, uh, and he was injured. I think he, he, had a fractured ankle at the end of it and still finished oh, really? or a fractured foot or something on day, day four or five, he, he crashed and, and injured something. I remember, um, uh, taking him an ice pack on the last day and kind of just checking over his foot and stuff. But yeah, he, he had some, some sort of injury that he was out for six to eight weeks after the rally. Ooh. Yeah. That, well, I wonder if that happened. Cause yeah, I know he took a tumble on on that bike and and the uh that was what i was referring to by the stress testing of the uh moto minded tower yep i know he took a tumble and i mean the the only thing that busted was the windshield um but i didn't know yeah i didn't know he had uh well i'm sure with the adrenaline when he showed up at the line he was he was still pretty stoked but <laughs> it's funny how things change when the adrenaline wears off <laughs> yeah, right yeah yeah everything starts getting a little stiffer you start <laughs> all the creaks everything comes back <laughs> yeah oh man awesome well cool well uh so we'll get some uh we'll get some links up we got to get uh we got to get some guys over there because uh limited room 10 riders but it sounds like you already got a couple uh committed so uh yeah and then we got an event coming up oh, those you guys everybody there no i'm here all right i'm still here awesome well, perfect. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on the show. We'll uh, we'll get this up. I'll actually uh, let's see. We didn't do one yesterday, so we'll get it up uh, up there tonight. So we'll start getting uh, getting some people headed your way. I'll get all the uh, website information and all of that, and then uh, we'll get it out there. Awesome. Sounds, sounds, sounds good, good, Victor. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, the time. Absolutely. Thanks, you guys. Have a good uh, have a good evening, and uh, we're going to see you guys soon. All right. Sounds Thanks, good. Victor. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So there you have it. That was Ace Nielsen uh, from High Desert Adventures, along with Keith Payton, who's going to be one of the mechanics assisting for the uh, rally support this year uh, down at Sonora. And of course, gnarly Dave, uh, always putting in the hours, wasn't able to make tonight's show, but he is with us in spirit. And uh, but you guys will get to meet him in person. If you haven't already heard his episode, rewind back a couple of shows and you'll see it there. uh, The interview with uh, gnarly Dave. And then also, if you skip back a little bit further, uh, you're going to also uh, run across the episode with Ace Nielsen from High Desert Adventures. So definitely want to check those out and take a listen to that. Uh, we do have uh, more coming up for you guys, but uh, don't forget Waypoint Wednesdays live stream. So got questions, got stuff like that. Uh, I'll send a link. I'll make sure I get uh, at least Ace or maybe Keith on there, too. So if you guys have questions about Sonora Rally and riding as a, as a supported rider uh, with the High Desert Adventure crew, uh, you guys can ask the questions there. That is on Wednesday uh, at 7.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, or minus eight hours Greenwich Mean Time uh, if you guys are on that clock. But, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely stoked. 
last uh, last weekend was fun, or last week uh, for Waypoint Wednesdays was cool. We had uh, again Dave Pearson uh, and and then uh, Kyle McCoy on the on the show as well, talking a little bit about Dakar and running the Malamoto thing. As you guys heard right now, it sounds like uh, Sonora and Ace and Dave Pearson are all working on uh, a possible Malamoto class. Liking the sound of that. Uh, but then we also have the Malamoto class coming up or Malamoto rally event, uh, known as the Kota rally, uh, coming up in a couple short months. Uh, it's going to be actually fast. I got a feeling this is going to be another fast year. So anyway, that's enough rambling for me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. Check the description below for the links, uh, to high desert adventures, the Sonora rally, uh, and so you guys can get some more information of that. Do remember if you are planning on signing up, uh, to be a supported rider with high desert adventures, they are limiting it to 10 spots. And it sounds like they've already got a couple of those sold and ready. So, uh, Sonora rally registration, I don't think has officially opened. Uh, we could check it really quick while we're doing this outro. Uh, but let's see here. Entry fees register now. And it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like they've got a login now. So I don't know. Check it out. See if you guys can get in if you're planning on getting uh, signed up for the Sonora Rally. But if you are planning on writing as a, uh, once again, if you are planning on writing as a supported writer, uh, go over and check out the highdesertadventures.net website and, and talk to those guys about getting set up. So with that being said, guys, I hope everybody's having a good week so far. We'll see you. Uh, for Waypoint Wednesdays, again, 7.15 p.m. live stream on the YouTube channel. Just look up Chasing Waypoints and you'll find us there. So with that being said... That is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up, and don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. Bye.